Welcome to the Sports Analytics Podcast, your source of information you can use along your journey in the world of sports analytics. Through interviews with experts and thought leaders, we'll uncover how data science, artificial intelligence, and analysis tools are being used for competitive advantage in sports. We'll also explore industry trends and career opportunities. So now, hold on to your data, folks, because this program is ready to launch. It will take the computer a few moments to compile the information. Here is your host, Terry Frederick. Hello, listeners. On today's show, we dive into how NFL and other professional teams are using predictive models to help build their teams. Okay, let's get to the show. Imagine you are a GM for an NFL team. There's no question that making the right draft picks is a major key to winning and has huge implications for success or failure of the franchise in the future. Today, we take a deep dive into how one company is helping professional teams use data to protect player performance and help them help make the right player draft selections. So I want to please welcome to the show today the CEO of Optima Sports Group and Vice President Benji Sloan. Welcome to the show today, guys. Hey, thank you very much. Thanks for having us. I'm really excited about diving into what you guys are doing, helping NFL teams and other professional teams, doing predictive modeling and helping teams secure their future in a better way by making the right choices for the players they pick for their teams. So before we dive in, Troy, perhaps you could tell a little bit about yourself and a little bit about Optima Sports Group and then... uh, we can let Benji do the same, and then we can move on and get into a real good discussion. Sure. Um, we've been working in uh, building the predictive models for a couple of decades. We've worked with NFL, NBA, MLB, professional soccer, and a lot of this was driven through market research uh, technology and methodologies using human performance baselines. So that's really where this started. Not. I've been around it now about 20 years. Benji, how about you? Give our listeners a little background about yourself and uh, your role there with Optima Sports Group. Sure. Thanks, Terry. Thanks for having us on here. Uh, My background is uh, well-versed in the sports medicine field. I've, I've been a certified athletic trainer for over 20 years and I studied uh, motivation in athletes and football players in graduate school. So that really piqued my interest in in learning about what really drives these athletes uh, to compete at the highest level. And over the years, I've I've met a lot of great people. And I I met Troy about uh, seven years ago. And uh, learned a lot about uh, the great things that, that he was doing in, in the world of predictive modeling and, and analytics. And, and, and I just, I, I latched on to what he was doing. And, and since then, we've been uh, working with uh, professional teams and, and trying to help them build winning franchises in a number of different aspects. I like that. Help teams build winning franchises. That, that's what it's all about. Pulling what you can out of this data at the end of the day. It's about winning. 
<laughs> That's for sure. So, well, let me dive into a topic for the first topic here. Perhaps, uh, I guess, Troy, you could give give some uh, I, examples of of how you guys are using predictive models, you know, to help teams be successful, whether it's, you know, in the front office, building rosters, player development, player performance, maybe give a little bit of background about how you're doing that with these models. All right. So Terry, in our world, uh, an NFL team, for example, will come to us. It could be another professional franchise, but we'll just hone in on NFL and they'll be looking at draft picks coming in. What they want to know realistically is can the guy play if they draft him in the position they're drafting him for. And if I'm looking at five or six tight ends, who's going to be the best tight end, number one in the draft, and number two for our particular team and system. And so what our model does is we break down the individual player performance capability, looking at his physical, his technical, his tactical, his mental and emotional capacities or resources and say, does this guy have enough of each of those resources in order to do his job, which is, in this case, a tight end? And at what level is he going to participate? And or is he lacking some of the key resources that would prevent him from performing at a high level? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So you're working with a number of NFL teams, correct? No, we're, we're only working with a couple right now. Okay, so a couple. Uh, All right. every year we, we work with uh, one to three. But you're also in other major sports too. Correct. Okay. Yeah, so I, I think what, what's interesting is what we have been told is we're the only sports analytics company that's actually worked with and helped professional teams get to the Super Bowl, an NBA championship, the MLS Cup. So we've had a great deal of success in all the other sports as well, where some people have some success in football or basketball or baseball, but our model has proven very successful across the board. Wow. One thing I ask all my guests is, I mean, where this is going with sports analytics and the massive amounts of data that's being collected. And so ultimately, it comes down to, given that most teams are all going to have the data, how does a team ask the right question of the data to hone in on those KPIs or key performance indicators that help lead them to this competitive advantage? Well, Terry, I I think there are a couple of different aspects of data that are important to address here. Uh, And and first of all, as we know, we live in a very data-rich world. We have so much technology that's available nowadays to, uh, to teams, personnel, people, executives, GMs, and owners, much more so than, than we had 20 or 25 years ago. Uh, uh, the first thing is in regards to the source of the data. Where is the data coming from? And, and number two relates to identifying not just the right amount of data to use for the model, but which data points to actually use. And this is why data integrity 
is so important in performance modeling about what we do at Optima. And as Troy mentioned, we work with teams in all of the major sports, whether it's NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, MLS, uh, Premier League Soccer. They all come to us because they want to win. They want to build long-sustaining winning franchises. Now, back to the data with regards to the source of the data, one example that I can bring up is a few years ago, we were approached by an NFL certified player agent who wanted us to perform a full analytical breakdown of his free agent client. Um, This player was a defensive end, and the agent wanted to use our objective report to send to teams as part of a, a comprehensive push to get his player signed. When this player was measured for height and weight under our supervision by people we know, he measured six foot seven and 275 pounds. However, in our previous discussions with a few NFL teams on other projects in which this player's name came up, they had this exact same player listed at six foot five, 240 pounds. <laughs> now, for, for a defensive end, that's a huge difference. Oh, yeah. Okay. And, and we, we keep everything objective, but putting yourself in the mind of some coaches and some executives, we like to look at, at, at resources and, and can this player play? Does, does he have the resources he needs to play? But from a management standpoint, some people might already scratch a player like this off of the list just purely based on physical measurements because they have him listed at 6'5", 240 for a defensive end. We have him at 6'7", 275 pounds. Uh, It's also important to note that the source of the height and weight info used by some of the teams, believe it or not, was actually Wikipedia. So it's... When you talk about the reliability of data sources, it's 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 just super important to have a, a reliable source. Now, with regard to the amount of the data, it's important to understand that that adding all available data into a performance model is not necessarily a good thing. The key is having a truly objective model and and letting the model do the work. For example, we met with an NFL team who will remain nameless a a few years ago. And they brought us in for two main reasons, to build a team synergy model and to assist them with draft accuracy. So we worked our way through and had a a great approach and and outline laid out for uh, a team synergy model. So then we began discussing draft accuracy. And this team really, this team really needed to nail the draft at a couple of key positions the assistant GM wanted to show us the data that they were working with for the draft targets. So he took us into a room and a table that was covered with multiple giant industrial size, three ring binders of data on only the draft prospects that they were targeting. So Troy and I looked at each other and to us right away, we knew this was a prime example of an organization that was drowning in data, but starving for intelligence you can do all of the legwork and you can collect as much data as you want. But if you don't know how to interpret that data, and if you don't know how to identify the key performance indicators and in, in which data points really need to be put into a model 
to assess whether these players can play, that you're going to be fighting an uphill battle. So, you know, it's important to let the model speak objectively. That's very, very crucial with the correct data points. Wow. I took away something very important that you said there that really resonated with me is drowning in data and starving for intelligence. I mean, that that is really where I guess the rubber hits the road to 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 get that advantage exactly. to know how to do that. It sounds like right. And, and I think that's directly connected to the amount of technology that's out there. Uh, we can peel data off of many sources whether you get it firsthand or, or whether you get it get it secondhand from somebody else. I mean, data is data. It's, it's, it's information that you could use. The question is, should you use it? Is it necessary to use all available data? I, I think sometimes, unfortunately, and, and this is something that, that we can discuss a little bit later too, some team executives or coaches might have a preconceived notion about a player, or they might, um, you know, take the old school approach by watching a player on film and, and seeing that, okay, we definitely need this player. He can add a lot of value to, to our team and what we're building here. Now, you know, 25, 30 years ago, before all of this technology, uh, that subjective assessment was a huge part of, of identifying players that, that fit your team. Now, there's nothing wrong with that now, but I think we have other objective tools that are available, like understanding how to use the data and, and, and utilize an objective analytical model to, to help you make decisions. So I, I, I think that uh, we're, we've been in a bit of a, a transition period between an, an old school approach and more of a new school, more technological approach. And I think it's important for everybody to understand. Now, is an analytical model the be all end all? No, it's not. But it's an extremely important tool that if you understand the value that it can bring to talent identification and building your team, it could be extremely helpful. Time for a short break. I have some exciting news. I want to welcome a new sponsor to the show, Analytics for Coaches. Started by NBA coach and player Butch Carter, Analytics for Coaches offers online courses that help basketball coaches use simple math to win more basketball games. Learn some simple basketball math you may not be currently using but should use in practices and game situations. Learn to structure basketball software to plan more effective practices. Coaches learn how to use in-game analytics they've never used before. Turn timeouts into competitive advantage and keep track of in-game metrics that equate to winning more games. And here's the best part. Courses are extremely affordable for coaches at all levels. I can't think of a better time to invest in yourself to become a better winning basketball coach than now. Click on the Analytics for Coaches link in the show notes for more information or to sign up. 
Hey, just a reminder before we get back to the show. On previous shows, you heard me mention that this health crisis has caused a, a big problem for our families and kids, and that's food insecurity. Hey, just a quick reminder, if you can, try to donate to a food bank in your area. A great place to start is feedingamerica.org. So if you can, please try to help out a family in need. feedingamerica.org. Thanks. All right, back to the show. Once you have that data and you have some actionable information from it, that process and the culture of various teams to be able to disseminate it in a way that whether front office personnel, coaches, or players are willing to accept it and use it is something that I'm curious about what your thoughts might be on that. Well, I, I think it's important to have buy-in from all of the team decision makers. Um, that's that's very important. Uh, you can have an, an objective model that's that that really is is pointing in the direction of a specific player, yet somebody else, whether it be the coach or whether it be the GM, they might have a, a different opinion. Um, you know, back in uh, 20 some odd years ago in the late nineties, when I was working for the New York jets, my head coach was Bill Parcells. And he used to say, if I'm going to cook the meal, I should be able to shop for the ingredients. He understood what type of players he wanted and, and he wanted the front office members to buy in. And I think that uh, to some degree, that's a big reason why he ended up having a, a lot of success because mm-hmm. he had a game plan built out in his head of the players that he wanted on his team. And when you have everybody on board, it, it's just a, a, a much smoother operation. Yeah, I think today's big example in the NFL uh, is uh, that, that guy up there in New England. I think he has pretty much full control of the players he's going to have on his team. Yes, yes that Belichick, is correct. Belichick has a very specific system, and he and Robert Kraft have butted heads many times. But Robert Kraft has always acquiesced to Belichick because he continues to win. Yeah, uh, it's amazing what winning allows you to do. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think, Benji, you touched on some of this a little bit, and maybe, Troy, you, you have some thoughts on it as well. But, you know, we got all this data. When, when is there too much? When, when, when is it a detriment? And, and I'll give an example of, uh, I think, our Philadelphia Phillies last season um, – there were some issues with uh, Gabe Kapler being a, a real analytics guy. And, you know, there were some uh, rumblings in the media about, you know, the way that he communicated with players. And I think it was Ben Davis, who's one of the Phillies announcers. He had made comments about he felt the players when he, when he talked to players in the clubhouse, the players sometimes felt like they were inundated with this data and that they took that to the plate with them. I mean, in baseball, you have milliseconds to decide to swing or not. When when is information, this data, not optimum? You know, I again, I think Benji touched on this very well on how it's being used and where it's being implemented, um, and what data is also being used and implemented. 
uh, as we pointed out when we worked with the the NFL agent and his free agent, and the data that the teams were looking at on the player was wrong. Just uh-huh. it, it was it was wrong data. So number one, data integrity is key. What data is going into the model is key, and making sure it's accurate. Number two is how it's being used. When you're working with uh, different players, you don't necessarily need to share with them those specific data points. Uh, a, a great example is uh, you can look at different teams where they use analytics to help build the team, but then they go into the locker room and they don't browbeat the players with analytics. What they do is they utilize the analytics to help motivate the guys by saying, hey, you guys are made to be here together. You guys are designed to win. You guys figure that out. And so now you're just using ah. the data. You've put together the right team. You you have the ingredients, but you still have to let the players play. You still, yeah. yep. and it, it's, they're not robots. You just find the guys that can do the job, that can play at the highest level. And then it's up to the coach and the team to let them be that. A lot of times they rely so heavily on the data, they forget that the whole reason they use the data is to build the very team they have. Yeah. Uh, being back in your neck of the woods, Philadelphia, you had uh, the number one draft in the NBA a couple years ago, and they used data and said, oh, we don't like the way uh, he'll remain unnamed, but the way he shoots. And so they brought in a bio uh, mechanist to uh, rework his shooting, and he was horrible. Yes. I mean, that's a prime example of how not to use data <laughs> with uh, players. I know that pain very well being here in Philadelphia. <laughs> I, know, I know of who you speak. <laughs> but, oh, yes. Right. That's, well, that's well, a great example. That's a uh, great Terry, example. Just, just to chime in on that a little bit, you know, back when we think about the term analytics – um, that's that's a huge umbrella nowadays. Yes. You, know, you have uh, you know from our standpoint, uh, we work from the the player performance aspect of it, and 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 team synergy and and player evaluation and, and injury propensity. Um, sometimes use analytics from a a probability standpoint, you know, and and so for, from a baseball standpoint, in in certain game situations, you know, you you've got a guy on first and second. And what what type of pitches should the batter expect in this type of a situation at this stage in the game? You know, that's that's a different form of analytics. That's not something that we do, but but that's out there. So, you know, we can come in and we you know, we can assist with the actual team building. And and, and like Troy said, from an analytical standpoint, I, I, we can help you put together a team that fits in a team that works in a team that, that has strong synergy and is built to perform, you know, the, the players to a certain extent have, have got to, have got to make that happen. And the, the management and the coaches have to determine how much of that information that they disseminate down to the players, you know, they might, they're going to look at analytics from a different standpoint in, in football. It's, you know, it's 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 fourth and two. You know, we're 
we're, we're down by five with, with five minutes to go. Do we go for it or do we punt? Mm-hmm. You know, there, there are all kinds of, of different situations that fall under the umbrella of, of analytics and what do the numbers say? You know, with, with us, we help identifying talent and, and identifying talent that's going, going to succeed, um, not just overall, but, but within a given team system and, and, and team culture. And, you know, the, the Premier League teams love it because, it, you know, they use our models for a, a number of different things, mm-hmm. not just building a team, but identifying talent early on and building up that talent and, and selling it for financial reasons. You know, we, we know that you're talking about millions of dollars that, that changes hands. And for, for some clubs, I think that financial aspect is a huge lifeline for them that helps keep them afloat. Yeah. So they, they tend to find a lot of value in identifying the talent for, for that reason, not just team success, but financial reasons as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's quite a bit invested. Uh, and it's so important to get it right um, where you're making those investments. Uh, no different than, uh, in the business world for sure. Uh, so with that, uh, switch gears, yeah, just a tad here. Uh, so I have a question about kind of the biggest challenges or areas of improvement going forward that, you know, to make analytics more effective and useful for teams. And, you know, we know these advantages gained are fleeting and temporary. So it's a matter of continuing to be innovative and, and get on to the next best thing. So what are the biggest challenges that you see for teams being able to do that? Benji, do you want to fill that or do you want me to jump in? Go ahead, Troy. Well, I think number one, from our standpoint, when we've talked to teams, we can deliver either a software tool that allows them to go through or we can deliver a written report on each of the players. And we have had an NFL team just ask for a simple Excel spreadsheet with the, the player's name and a yes or no. Oh, Excel. <laughs> so We can't get away from Excel, can we? <laughs> so uh, on the one side, you say, okay, where are we right now in, in this world? And then where are we going? There are still teams in 2020 that will sit down with a spreadsheet and say yes, no. <laughs> so I, I think from certain standpoints, you look at this and say, how are the teams going to evolve? How are the, the players going to utilize the data? Uh, let's take, for example, our performance model. And if the agent utilizes it, the agent can look at it and say, hey, I see he's uh, weak in a certain area. I can help build that up. We can get some training, coaching, et cetera. That should help me land a larger contract with the team. So there's a way the data and the analytics can be used. Teams can use that uh, data and those models for drafting, injury propensity modeling, what's the likelihood of injury here is really what that's being modeled at. Uh, We've talked to an NFL team that has a couple top players 
but those players have had to sit out every year the last three years because of injuries. So how valuable really are those players if they're top salary guys but can't play the season? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, I think to your point, Terry, there's a lot of different arenas or areas that the models can be used in. And how it's being used is really going to be up to the team and to their desire for adaptation for science. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and that, that, that kind of leads into kind of my, my final question here, and I'll, I'll let you guys get out of here and get on with your day. But, um, you know, where, where are we going next with all this? The future trends, I mean – Big data, I'm throwing out all the buzzwords, big data, artificial intelligence, machine learning. And uh, where are we heading next with all this? Well, see, this is actually very interesting. I actually wrote an article on that's uh, posted on LinkedIn that talks about big data and the discussion I had with Amazon Sports Services. And they're using AI but the problem is the data that they're using and then the output that they were driving towards was incorrect. And so what happened with, uh, let's say, the Dallas Mavericks who bought uh, fully in, had a bunch of bad draft picks, and they haven't made the playoffs. Uh, there's a couple NFL teams that will remain unnamed that haven't been able to make the playoffs in the past couple of years either and continue to make bad draft decisions. So AI, no question, is phenomenal. It will work, but you have to go back to the core, make sure you have the right data because it garbage in, garbage out, and also make sure you're looking at the right output. What do we really want? When Amazon worked with the NBA and the number one point was, well, can these guys score? That's not the right data point. It mm-hmm. should have been, can these guys play? <laughs> yes. yeah. And so what happened is you had a whole bunch of players that could score, but again, it's not in comparison because you're looking at guys that score in college versus pro or European league versus the NBA. Right. It's got to be, be, can they play in the context of the way the game is now played in the NBA? Correct. Uh, in in yeah. fact, I, I brought this point up about Dennis Rodman. And I said, where does Dennis Rodman fit in your model? And like him or not, I mean, the guy's crazy, but he's a phenomenal player. He was the defensive player of the year, the rebounder, and he has titles. Why? Because he wasn't there to score. There's other players on the teams that can score. Mm-hmm. His job was to defend and rebound. Yes. Mm-hmm. And yet, according to the Amazon model, he wasn't a good fit for any team because he couldn't play in that league because he couldn't score. So I I think artificial intelligence will work again with the right data and looking towards the right output. Mm -hmm. I think it's coming back again to the, you know, you can have all the AI you want, but uh, at the end of the day, there's a human that has to ask the right question somehow. <laughs> yes. It, 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 you, you still have to have some humans involved. Yeah. Very interesting. Oh, my goodness. I can't believe we're uh, a half an hour into this discussion. Really, really good stuff. Uh, 
I'm going to uh, wrap this up here. Uh, Benji and Troy, thank you so much for coming on the show. But I did, before we go, wanted to give you just a you know, a minute or two if there's anything you might like to add before uh, we say goodbye to our listeners today. Uh, you know, from our standpoint at Optimus Sports Group, we're now developing high school to college models as well. So that's something that's oh yeah uh, we're, we're evolving those now from the high school to the college side, which yeah. will greatly reduce costs on the recruiting side. So the uh, old adage of a, a rising tide lifts all boats. We can directly impact how colleges recruit now. Yeah, you you actually brought something up I forgot I wanted to mention was, you know, with all this technology, I mean, over time, as we saw with uh, the wonderful film editing tools that, you know, now are pretty commonplace in, in high school and college, you know, this technology as we move forward, you know, how does it find its way, you know, into the lower level of sport and, uh, you know, given the limited resources of high school and college teams, uh, it sounds like eventually uh, we'll get there and that you're you're on the forefront of doing some of that. Yes, we definitely are. Oh, great, great. All right, with that, hey, Benji, anything else you'd like to add before we say goodbye here today? I, I think Troy summed it up very, very well. There's not a whole lot I could add to what he said. All right, great. Well, I want to thank you guys again for coming on. I'm, I'm really excited and interested in seeing – where you guys go in the future and the work you're doing. So uh, I want to thank you once again for coming on the show and uh, please stay safe and well. Absolutely. Thank you. We appreciate your time, Terry. Thank, thank you very much, Terry. And that's a wrap for the show today. But before we go, I wanted to summarize a few value bombs that Troy and Benji dropped regarding player performance and predictive modeling. NFL teams and other professional sports franchises want to know the answer to a simple, basic question when drafting players. Can the player play for the position or team system they are being drafted for? Optima Sports Analytics predictive models look at individual player performance capability, which includes physical, technical, tactical, mental, and emotional capacities or resources, and then makes assessments to help with draft accuracy to determine if a player can do the job and play at a high level. Sports teams are drowning in data but starving for intelligence. The challenge becomes which data points to use, with data integrity being a primary factor to successful performance modeling. Optima Sports Analytics develops performance models to help build teams' talent that fits, that works, has strong synergy, and is built to perform within a team system and culture. You can find show notes, summaries, and resources mentioned on the show at my website, terrylfrederick.com. That's T-E-R-R-Y-L-F-R-E-D-E-R-I-C-K.com. Please subscribe to my show. I'm in all the directories. A rating or comment helps me make the show better. Thanks for listening. <laughs>